Good morning. We are so glad you're here today. It's a beautiful day. We're grateful for the opportunity to be together. We are so thankful to have visitors with us. As always, we invite you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. Uh, I want to echo what was said in prayer, that we want to wish the Lawson family and the Blackwell family, we want to wish them well as they leave us this week to make their way to Cookville, Tennessee. They're going to do a great work at Willow Avenue. We're going to miss them greatly. And I was thinking about the void that will be left, but we appreciate them and we love them and we're so thankful that they've been a part of the church here. And we want to encourage them every way possible as they begin their new endeavor next Sunday morning. Uh, I do also want to mention yesterday we had a large number of folks that came to encourage our young people who are participating in Lads to Leaders. And I had the opportunity to hear two really good lessons yesterday. And I appreciate, uh, appreciate so much Elijah and Hank and the lessons that they presented yesterday. And let me tell you what, these guys, they can preach. And I said to Jared, I said, you know, I'd hate to follow these guys. And he said, guess what? You will tomorrow. <laughs> so you know what? He got me. But uh, they did a great job. Nick did a great job leading a song or two. And I know that the girls who are participating, they're doing an excellent job. We appreciate the McKinney's and those who are working with these young folks. And listen, they are the future of not just this congregation, but they are the future of the church, wherever they may land one day. They will be leaders, and so we appreciate them so very much. And to those of you that are encouraging your children to be a part of Lads to Leaders, I want you to know how much I appreciate it. You're doing just a great, great job. Today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. Did you know that one day, known to God, you're going to have the opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with Jesus? Think about that for a minute. How many times have we thought about the Lord Jesus Christ in our personal life? No doubt we've read about His work here on planet Earth. We've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we've talked about the message that He preached and the miracles that He performed. We've had the privilege of singing about Jesus, haven't we? We prayed to God, giving Him thanks for sending His Son to die for our sins. But the Bible says one day we're going to have the opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. You know, on the one hand, that might be exciting to think that the one you've read about, you've sung about, you've prayed about, you're going to be with Him. Flip side is, for some, it might be frightening. Because you're going to stand before the Lord, as will we all. I don't know how many people have lived throughout history. Billions upon billions of people. We've never all been together in one place. But there's coming a day when all of the human family We'll be together in one place for a period of time. It's the judgment. So I want you to think with me for a minute or two about being one-on-one -on -one with Jesus at the judgment because 
the passage that was read a moment ago. Paul said, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I want to begin by talking about the summons to the judgment. Many of us are familiar with receiving a summons to court. Maybe we had a traffic violation or some other indiscretion. And we were called to court. Did you know one day you're going to stand in God's courtroom? The Lord Jesus Christ is going to be upon His throne. And you're going to be one-on-one with Him. And not just you, but all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So let's just think for a moment or two about the promise of the judgment. There are really two things that come to mind. First of all, the judgment is undeniable. And not just undeniable, but also unavoidable. I've got to admit, there are things sometimes that I have to do that I don't really relish. There have been times when I've had appointments in days gone by. I did not look forward to that particular appointment. There have been times when I've canceled appointments. This is an appointment that we won't cancel. No, the Hebrew writer said, It is appointed unto man once to die. After this comes the judgment. Paul said, We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. He points out, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. There are some things in life, they may happen, they may not happen. But the judgment, it's coming. In John chapter 6, Jesus talks about raising people up at the last day. There will be a terminal day in the history of mankind. It's coming. When will that be? Well, Paul said, The Lord will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God. Now, Jesus, you remember in John chapter 5, So the hour is coming when all who are in the grave shall hear His voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life, those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So there's coming a day when the Lord Jesus will come. Jesus Himself said in Matthew chapter 25 that He will come with all His holy angels. He will be seated upon the throne of glory. Can you imagine what that's going to look like? When the Lord Jesus comes accompanied by His angels, and then as members of the human family, we are ushered before His very throne. Because Jesus said, all nations will be gathered before Him. So there is the promise of the judgment. But then, secondly, what about the people at the judgment? If you go all the way back to Adam, Adam and Eve, they'll be present. Cain and Abel, they'll be at the judgment. Noah and his family members, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, they'll all be present at the judgment. Jesus in Matthew chapter 11 talks specifically about people who lived in certain cities that will be at the judgment. He mentions those who 
lived in the cities of Tyre and Sidon, others who lived in the city of Sodom. He talks about the queen of the south, the queen of Sheba, how she would rise up at the judgment and condemn this generation. She came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And Jesus said, Behold, I say to you, are greater than Solomon's here. A lot of folks, some famous, some not so famous. In Matthew chapter 25, I mentioned a moment ago, Jesus said all nations will be gathered before Him. When Paul preached on Mars Hill in the city of Athens, as recorded by Luke in Acts 17, he said the times of ignorance God winked at, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. Because He has appointed a day in which He will judge, listen to Him, the world in righteousness. People that lived as a part of the Assyrian kingdom, they'll be there. The Babylonian kingdom, they'll be there. The Bible says, those who lived under the Grecian Empire, they'll be there. The Romans will be there. America will be there. China will be there. Russia will be there. We'll all be there. Nothing we can do about it. To know that there is a day in history in which we will stand before the judge of all the earth. We're going to be one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. You will have your day in God's courtroom. Sobering thought. So as we talk about the summons to the judgment, I'm reminded of what John wrote in Revelation chapter 20. John in the long ago said, I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And he said, the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. John there talking about the end of time. In which all nations, the world, all of us, will stand before the throne of God. And you remember Jesus said, the Father has given the Son authority to execute judgment. John 5, verse 27. So you'll see Jesus sitting upon His throne of splendor. You'll hear His voice. And you will be called before Him. So what about the Savior at the judgment? Well, Paul said we must all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. In Romans 14, Paul said that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We will all give an account of ourselves unto God. Let's talk for a minute or two about the Savior who will judge us on the final day. Two things I want to share with you in connection with Jesus and His judgment. Number one, the Lord Jesus will be fair. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, Abraham made this statement in the long ago. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? There are men and women who have 
had the opportunity to sit upon judicial benches. And sometimes in their courtroom, justice has not prevailed. There have been times when the guilty have walked. The innocent have been prosecuted. But you need to understand something. When you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, He will be fair. He has the ability to analyze your life. He sees everything. He knows everything. He is the one who searches the reins and hearts. So you're going to be be standing before the Lord, and He's going to be fair. There have been people that have, they have gone to court. Justice has not been carried out. As I said a minute ago, there have been times when the whole judicial system has been a mockery because good people have been prosecuted and sent to jail. There have been times when guilty people have walked because of a a technicality. But not so in the Lord's courtroom. Not only will He be fair, He will be faithful. What do I mean by that? Jesus Christ will be faithful to His Word. And you know, in our day and time, in our society, our Word means very little, quite frankly. I mean, there are people that will tell you they'll do this, they'll do that, they'll stand behind a product, a service, and then push comes to shove, and what happens? They're not reliable. They'll tell you one thing and do another. Listen, Jesus in His courtroom... He is going to be fair, and He is going to be faithful. Whatever He has said as recorded in this book, that's what's going to happen. You can mark that down. The Bible says it is impossible for God to lie, Hebrews 6.18. Paul said, we live in hope of life eternal, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. So if God tells you to do something, if He tells me to do something, and I do it, He'll bless me. If I I refuse to do it or repudiate His will, then what's going to happen? He's going to hold me accountable, isn't He? You know, the idea of accountability in our society today, kind of like people's word, means very little. There are folks in our world today, they don't like the idea of being held accountable for anything. And yet what Paul is saying here is, there's coming a day when God's going to hold us accountable to His Word. Now you remember, James said, So speak and so do as those who will be judged by the law of liberty. That means God's going to be faithful and true to His Word, isn't He? Let's think for a minute or two about the Scriptures that will judge us. Oh, I understand Jesus is going to sit upon His throne. He's going to be the one who executes judgment. But you need to understand something. This book right here, this is the book that God will one day open on that final day. You remember again, John wrote in Revelation chapter 20, I saw the dead small and great standing before God, and he said, and the books were opened. John's talking about the Word of the living God. 
God's going to open His Word and He is going to judge us on the basis of divine truth. Not going to be on the basis of what you think, what I think. It's not going to be on the basis of what's the most popular thing, the latest fad, the majority. No, God's going to judge us on the basis of divine truth. The books will be opened. Listen to what Jesus said. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my word has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. What word are you talking about, Lord? In John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. And Paul said in Romans chapter 2, verse 2, We know that the judgment of God is according to truth. He would later say in verse 16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. How well do you know God's Word? More importantly, have you obeyed God's Word? You know, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus talks about a lot of folks that are going to stand before Him. In their mind, in their heart of heart, they're going to, in essence, say, We did your will, Lord. And Jesus will say, No, you didn't obey the will of my Father in heaven. So, how well do you know God's Word? That's the book that's going to be opened. No wonder, no wonder Jesus asked the question, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Jesus said, Those who keep His Word will never taste death. John chapter 8. If you follow the Word of God, you don't have to worry about the judgment. You don't have to worry about the Scriptures being opened. Why? Because your life's in harmony. So first, the books are going to be opened, but then John said, the book of life will be opened. There is a heavenly register, and your name is either in the Lamb's book of life, or it is not. How do you get your name in the Lamb's book of life? Again, you remember what John said the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, Rejoice! Why? Because your names are written in heaven. In Hebrews chapter 12, the writer there said to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. When people obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, when they hear the gospel, believe it, repent of sin, and are immersed in water, God then adds their name to the Lamb's book of life. So is your name in that book? Do you remember Paul in Philippians chapter 4 talked about those people whose names were written in the book of life? When God opens the book of life, will He find your name there? It's either there or it's not. And by the way, just as it can be recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life, it can be removed. Jesus makes that abundantly clear in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. 
to those who fail to overcome, to live a faithful life, their names will be blotted out of the book of life. So one day, you and I, we're going to stand face to face with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It's going to be one-on-one time with the Lord. When you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to understand the books are going to be opened. The book of life is going to be opened, and it will matter whether or not your name's in that book of life. There's a third thing I want to share with you. It has to do with the seriousness of the judgment. Now I want you to Please pay careful attention. There are two things that we ought to ask. Number one, what will Jesus do with us? More importantly, what will Jesus do with you? But there's another question. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? You've got to decide. Either you're going to become one of His followers or you're not. You're either going to get aboard and serve the Lord day in and day out or you won't. Will you be receptive or have you been receptive to the gospel of Christ? That is a sobering thought. You're going to stand before the Lord one day. And it won't matter if you're the President of the United States of America. Won't matter if you're the Speaker of the House, if you're a state senator, mayor, whatever. A corporate head, a school teacher, a counselor, a ball player, doesn't matter. You're going to stand before God. And you need to think very carefully about what you're going to do with Jesus. You need to obey the gospel. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, you need to obey it. You need to do it today. You don't have a promise of tomorrow. Don't let the devil fool you into thinking time is on your side. It might not be on your side. You might be ushered into the presence of God just like that. Today. Have you obeyed the gospel of Christ? Have you been baptized into Jesus Christ for the remission of sins? Are you living a faithful life? Now, there are those in Scripture. There are some who were receptive. Pentecost Day, 3,000 people, some 3,000 people obeyed the gospel. The Lord added them to the church. When Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ, The Bible says that the people, when they heard Him preaching things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. The eunuch, as we read about in Acts chapter 8, when he heard the gospel, he obeyed it. The Philippian jailer and his household, they obeyed the gospel. They were receptive. But the Bible also talks about people who rejected it. You remember Felix? Luke said that the Apostle Paul reasoned with him about what? Righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. 
I believe that the Apostle Paul talked about the judgment frequently. And I think he warned people about the judgment, of, the judgment to come. You remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul said, We shall all be made manifest before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things done in the body according to what we've done, whether good or bad. Then verse 11, he said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. What do we do, Paul? We persuade men. You need to live. If you have not obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, do not follow the example of Felix. The Bible says that Felix was terrified at what he heard. But he said, go your way. When I have a more convenient season, I'll call on you. The Bible is silent with regard to whether or not Felix ever obeyed the gospel. King Agrippa, you remember the Apostle Paul recounted his conversion story? And then he said to Agrippa, he said, do you believe the prophets? And then listen to this. He said, I know that you believe. And the best Agrippa could come up with was this. Almost you persuade me to become a Christian. Almost isn't good enough. If you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are on thin, thin ice. You need to know that. Now, Question number one, what will you do with Jesus? You remember Pilate asked that question during the trial? What then shall I do with Jesus who's called the Christ? That's the question of the hour. What will you do? But Then what will Jesus do with you? That's where the rubber meets the road. You're going to stand in God's courtroom. And you're going to give an account of your life. You're going to be one-on-one -on -one with the Lord Jesus Christ in His courtroom. If you're not in Christ Jesus, the verdict that will be read will be guilty. If you're a child of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the verdict is you're going to be numbered among the saved. Because you've got the blood of Christ on your side. So what's Jesus going to say to you in that day? There are some folks in this world, I think, have this idea they can talk their way out of anything. They'll just talk their way out of losing their soul. That's not going to, I, I assure you, that will not happen. You might have a silver tongue, but you won't talk your way out of hell. Not going to happen. And by the way, once you step out onto the plains of eternity, there, is, there are no second chances. Your eternal fate is sealed. As we say, signed, sealed, and delivered. You ready for that day? You think you're something in this world? You know, sometimes we boast about what we have and what we don't have and our position and our power and our financial clout, let me tell you what, when we step out into eternity, all of that is gone. I don't care who we think we are. We will stand before God. We're going to be judged on the basis of divine truth. And If you haven't obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ, let me tell you what Jesus is going to say to you. You need to hear this. The Lord Jesus will say, depart from me, you cursed. 
into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. You thought about what hell's going to be like? You have no idea. I mean, you think about being banished to a place, severed from the presence of Almighty God forever. Jesus said, the worm dies not. The fire is not quenched. John talks about those who will be punished forever and ever. You know, probably one of the most haunting things about hell, you'll have all of eternity to remember days just like this when you heard the gospel. The invitation song was given, and you know what you said? Not today. Just keep putting it off. And one day you'll wake up like the rich man in torment. This is serious business. Paul said, Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. Hitler's going to be there, and he's going to get down on his knees and confess Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. You think about some of the most wicked and vile people who have ever graced this earth, they're going to be at the judgment. They're going to get what's coming to them. But let me tell you what, if we don't obey the gospel, we're going to be right there with them. And you don't want to go to hell. I know there are some folks that think, you know, I'll just go and I'll take it. No, you won't take it either. You may think you will, but you won't take it. The rich man... The rich man pled with Abraham to send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water to cool his tongue. He said, for I'm tormented in this flame. Five minutes in hell. And to think you've got eternity? What will Jesus do with you? Is he going to say to you, depart from me, you cursed? Paul said he will render vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't obeyed the gospel, that's your prerogative. But I'm telling you what, there will come a day when you will wish you had obeyed the gospel. There'll come a day when you will wish you had just a couple of minutes to make things right with God. Don't wait too late. Don't get out on the plains of eternity separated from God. So on the one hand, he's going to say to the unrighteous, depart. But to the righteous, he'll say, come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. I was talking to Jared this past week. And I was talking about how, you know, sometimes we make poor decisions in life. And there are times in life when I suspect all of us have made decisions that we regret. Unwise, unwise, unwise decisions. And so I said, Jared, 
you know, there are some people that have made decisions and they got to live with it. What counsel would you give somebody in that state? You know what he said? Heaven will surely be worth it all. You believe that? The song that we sing, just one glimpse of Him in glory will all the toils of life repay. You'll regret not having obeyed the gospel, but you will never regret obeying it and living a faithful life. John said, blessed are the dead, or blessed are they that do His commandments. They may have right to the holy city and enter through the gates into the city. Jesus wants us to be saved. When I talk about the judgment, I want us to know, look, God, God has made it abundantly clear. He wants us with Him. He has done everything possible to make a way for us to enjoy eternity with Him. In heaven, you just can't imagine to be in a place free from sorrow and sickness and separations, to be in a place that Jesus said, I've gone to prepare for you. I would hope and pray that your life's what it ought to be so that on that final day, the Lord says to you, come and here at the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. It's either going to be a time of gladness or a time of sadness. What about you? When you stand before God one day, what's He going to say to you? What will Jesus, what will He do with you? Today the question is, what will you do with Jesus? Tomorrow it might be, what will Jesus do with you? If you haven't obeyed the gospel, and by that I mean you have not put your faith and trust in Him as the Son of God. Won't you do that today? I know you believe Jesus is the Son of God. I know that you would echo what Peter did, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Would you then repent of sin and be immersed as they were on Pentecost Day nearly 2,000 years ago? Rise to walk in newness of life clean slate, the Lord will give you the opportunity to start all over. The Bible says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. Their sins and their iniquities I will remember no more. God will forgive. You can be a part of the church. In Revelation chapter 19, the Bible says, the bride has made herself ready. That's the church. Have you made yourself ready? If you're not faithful to Christ, you're not ready. Please know that. You're not ready. Paul said in Acts chapter 20 that he was free from the blood of all men. I don't want you to be able to say on the judgment day, Mike Hickson didn't tell me the truth. I want you to know what the Bible says because that's what's going to judge you. Won't you come as we stand and sing?